Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Goldmines, where we do what? What do we do here, people? I shouldn't have to ask the question and not get an answer. I'm going to assume that everybody in their car, everybody's in their home, everybody's in their desk doing what you are supposed to do at the moment, which is say, get inside the minds of amazing comedians. That's what we do here. And oh my God, what an amazing comic we have on the show. One that I'm actually excited to talk about, man, because I've heard so much about this man. I've heard so much about his style of comedy. I've heard so much about uh, his fan base and how rapid they're growing. And as a fan of comedy, as a student of comedy, man, I'm always excited to see another another one's success. I'm always excited to, to see a journey, understand a journey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Tim Dillon to the show. He's on Comedy Gold Mines. What up, Tim? Thank you so much for having me, man. It's an honor. I appreciate it, dude. Thanks a lot. No problem, man. Uh, dude, I've come across you a couple times. We've met uh, at the store yes. a couple times, man. And, you know, you're, you're one of those guys whose names I'm hearing more and more. Right. Like I'm I'm not as connected as right. I once was uh, to the comedy scene. So, you know, when you pop in and, and you have the conversations, it's always about, you know, where the buzz is, who the buzz is around. And I swear to God, your name is always in the conversation, man. Ah, well, that's good. I mean, that's good. That's good to hear. We um we've been doing this. You know, I've been doing this about 13 years now, I think about 12, 13 years. And over the last couple of years, it it's really started to to pop off and people started to care a lot more uh, than they did, which is good. It's, it's great to walk into a room and people are excited to see yeah. and they're happy to see because that's, but that's, that's not how you get good at comedy. And you know this better than anyone. You get good by walking into a room where people don't really care. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? and, Absolutely. They know, and they're like, yeah, this is free or it was cheap. Or I got a ticket in the mail and maybe this guy is funny. Maybe he doesn't. Who cares? I'm going to drink. I'm going to order my food loudly. I might go on my phone a few times. And uh, that's how you get good. But now over the last couple of years, you know, we've transitioned to people being excited and coming out and going, hey, I, I, I hear your, I listen to your podcast is funny or I've watched your sketch you've done and it's funny or I've seen you uh, at the store, the improv and, it, you know, on a vacation, it's funny and I saw you were going to be in my town. So it is, it is really cool to, to finally kind of have that experience that I know guys like you have, you know, been having for a very long time. 
Well, I think the the beautiful thing about you and your journey, I mean, you mentioned your podcast, right? You yeah. can't just run by that. You have a very successful sure. podcast and, you know, the numbers and the fan base on that speaks for itself. Um, the alignment of the two is what's pretty amazing, man, uh, yeah. which is, you know, when when you get two things that kind of meet um, at the at the tip of that iceberg, right, that yeah. that that gel correctly, that create higher levels for success. Um, you said you've been doing it for like 13 years. How long has the podcast been going on? How long have you been doing the, the podcast? podcast? We started the podcast in 2016 and I did it in New York for a few years. And I was really just doing it as a, as a way to fill time because I was like, I want a TV show or I want uh, this or that. And I was, you know, I'm working on a bunch of different things. And, and then what, what really happened during the pandemic is when everything shut down and I couldn't go on stage, I said, well, this is the outlet. I have to be funny because mm -hmm. I want to be funny it's how I survive as a human being is to just make people laugh. And I'm like, if there's no way for me to make people laugh, I'm going to go crazy, crazier than I am. So I said, I have to figure out a way to, you know, make this podcast as funny as possible. So that's really what it is. It's just me being silly and funny for an hour. It's not a, it's not like Joe Rogan where I have a guy come on and I, I sit down for three hours and i talk to him about physics that's not what I, that's not, and I love, and what the amazing, brilliant thing about Joe is that Joe could be funny and have comedians on and he could do the other thing. I can't do that other thing. So I'm just, it's an hour of me being as funny as I can. And then what I do is I, I go, what was funny on the podcast? What made my producer laugh? What made people in the audience laugh? And then I'll go to the improv or the comedy store, laugh factory. I'll go to New York city, the stand or Gotham, wherever. And I, and I try to take that and make it into a bit that can be quick and funny on stage. Mm, mm. Now, when, when did you start to see the change for you in stand-up? When did it start to turn? Yeah. Like, well, when, did you, that, when yeah. did you go, like, from that moment of free comedy clubs, spots, et cetera, to right. go, okay, well, I'm a headliner comic, but fuck, man, I think I, can, I think I can get in theaters. I think I can move tickets. What yeah. was the determining factor for that? Well, in 2016, I did the Montreal Comedy Festival and I had a really good set and I had a good agent and, and, and my agent ended up getting me some, you know, headlining opportunities in clubs. I started to- Who's your agent? My, my agent now is a guy named Justin Edbrook at CAA. Okay. Uh, but at that time, was, it was somebody named Hillary Robbie at WME. I know um, Hillary is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hil mm -hmm. And Hillary was great. Hillary was really good. And she got me these opportunities, like going to clubs and headlining on like tough weekends. Weekends nobody wanted, right? Fourth mm -hmm. of July, mm -hmm. whatever it was, like the dead of summer. And it was it was good. And I would I would <laughs> you know, 13 people. I remember my first headlining set. It was it was a, a comedy club in San Antonio. It was an improv. I don't know if it's there anymore. And there was about nine people in the audience. And the owner came up to me and goes, Listen, if we get to 10, we do a show. And uh we have nine right now. So we he finally came back in. He goes, Okay, we're at 13. And the room held about 350 people. Yeah. And you know comedy clubs. Of course, the 13 are not seated together. Yeah, yeah, spaced <laughs> out. So it's spaced, spaced out. out 13. Yeah, it's spaced out 13. <laughs> I'm entertaining one person in that section, two people over here. And uh, and that's how I just started to learn how to be a headliner. But the, the real change came, I think, really over the last two years, watching my fan base kind of grow online mm -hmm. at people – like Joe Rogan and, and even people like Logan Paul, you know, going on podcasts of YouTubers and people that everybody was just trying to, you know, make content during this crazy two year period we've had. And then you saw like a lot of people really excited to go out again and go, Oh, I'm excited to be out, to be at a theater, 
to be doing, you know, to be watching a comedy show. And we've, we, we did 51 cities to you. This is a little, like I watched your Netflix thing and I went, I don't know that I have the ability or the talent to work that hard, but I said, I'm going <laughs> to, and I, I tell everyone that I said, let's just cross that off the list. Yeah. I said, there's Kevin. We crossed that off. I said, find me something lower, but we did 51 uh, cities. Um, in London and Scotland and Dublin. I mean, it was wild in Australia and it was really amazing to kind of go out there uh, in Australia to be on the other side of the world and have people go, you got me, you helped me through the pandemic. It was a weird time. I lost a job. Somebody got sick and your comedy was the thing that helped me kind of get through it. That makes you feel really good. When you say, when you say you don't know if you can work that hard, uh, just a question out of curiosity. Yeah. Does the success, does that amplify your want to do yes, more? It does. It does. I'm just yeah. talking about your fitness regimen. I tap out. <laughs> I tap out about 30 minutes into your day. No, literally 30 <laughs> minutes into your day. I tap out. I go, yeah. this is the wildest thing. And but I show that documentary, like young comics come to me. They go, I want to do this. I want to do that. I go, watch this. Mm-hmm. Now decide what you can reasonably do. Realistically. <laughs> Can you do an hour of this man's day? Realistically, um, it, it does make me want to do more because I think like all of us, we just get, we, we have a little bit of boredom or we go, well, we've done this. Let's move on to that. Like I go, I've done this. Maybe it will be cool to do a, another theater, uh, a bigger theater, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or I I've done um, a, a really good podcast for a while. What if we make a movie? Something like that. So it, mm-hmm. it it feels like never giving up the things that we've done or or continue to do, but you know, adding to that, I want to make as many people laugh as possible. I think it's a great way to make a living in terms of like I feel good at the end of the day. I don't feel like you know. I feel like people, you're bringing something into the world that's good. Well, I think the beauty of being a comic and what I find, what I find to be like. Uh, extremely informative while doing this podcast is that the opportunities for comics are endless. It's all about right. what you realize you can do. Right. So it's not even about the, the, the activity of I, I got to get up and I got to go. It's not even, it's not even so much as that as a, just as a thinker, we're, we're, we're so creative within our world of thinking that the opportunities for us to be creative um, they multiply. So from stand up to literature to your podcast to writing, like there's so much that we can do. Uh, and what you find, Tim, is that you know, as you gain popularity, as you gain success, you also gain a little bit of confidence in just knowing that you can do the shit that you put your mind to. And right. as I'm as I'm watching you and I'm seeing like the transition from the comedy clubs to the theaters, and I know what's next. Like I I know the yeah. pieces to that puzzle that start to come in. It happens fast. Yeah. It happens fast. So yeah. it's like, you know, if you kind of got your ducks in a row just as to what you're looking to do or what else you want to do, you're going to be surprised as how fast as to how fast you can line those ducks up correctly. Yeah. It's not going to take that long. Right. Um, for for you now, I mean, with within touring and stuff, uh, I know you got a special out, right? You just put yeah, one out on Netflix. Special on Netflix, Netflix right? out right now. Yeah. What's the, what's the special called? It's called a real hero, a real hero. So uh, yeah. that's dope as hell, people. You just already said a real hero, which is available on Netflix right now, streaming on Netflix. Um, and and once again, a funny comic. This isn't yeah. just uh, a guy that's 
that's being that's the hypothetical version of funny. This guy, he's he's the real deal. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. that. That means a lot. And it's like as things get get bigger and uh, more more complicated, uh, they also there's so many like you said, there's so many opportunities for anybody out there that is funny and wants to get funnier. There's so many platforms now. There's so Absolutely. many avenues, right? There's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's YouTube, there's Twitch, there's all the things I haven't heard of. There's, there's you know, television and movies and stuff. There's all of these different things. And um, yeah, I think it's about just, you know, working with good people and keeping yourself, you know, disciplined. So this, be- yeah, that's the thing that I'm, you're, what, it, what, what I think is really insanely impressive about watching not only your schedule, but the amount of content you put out, and, and everything is, is the amount of discipline, which I struggle with sometimes in terms of like, you know, being being effective with time management, mm-hmm. being effective, not leaving things to the last minute, you know? Why why do you feel that that's a struggle? Why do you feel like that's the thing that you- Well, I just think it's one, of those, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a weakness. I, have, I tend to like to wait till the last minute okay. to do things. I procrastinate. Okay. And then a lot of times I will- figure out how to pull a rabbit out of the hat and make it work. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of an addiction to that. I think that you can develop, you can develop this a little bit of an addiction to like, let's see how it putting myself in this corner, essentially, you know, an extreme position and then having to kind of deliver. Mm. But I think mm. as things get bigger, what I've, what I've learned is like, Hey, you got, you know, do the audition when you get it. Don't do it uh, three days later. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to learn the audition at the breakfast in the hotel. And, and I have my producer there and I don't know any of the lines. Learn it a little bit every night. Don't say, ah, the hell with that. And then the third day, you think you're off book, you're not off book. Like things like that where, you know, that stuff, I have to really just kind of get a little more disciplined. But you want to know why you're still comfortable with that? Because you haven't been smacked in the face with the consequences yet. That's right. Like, like you, you haven't, you haven't been smacked right. in the face with the consequences That's of right. procrastination. And it's not That's until right. it's not until you fuck off or fucked up something right. big or or something uh, that you had no idea would be or could be right. that you really sit and go, okay, like what the fuck? Like you, you got to be in that situation where you realize. It, it was only you, right? Like when there's nobody else to point to. Now, right. I'm on the opposite side of that. I'm the guy that's like the, the fear, and I've talked about this before, like the reason why I'm so committed to the schedule or committed to the, the work is my fear is on the side of if I don't do what I'm supposed to, where there's so many people that are willing to and that will, right. and then does the opportunity or chance become far few and in between. Like, I just, I, I can't get past the thought of remembering when there was no work or when right. there was no opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. And, and for us, it's like, once you get in that space where you are part of that conversation and you, you are in that, you know, consistent batch of yeah. revolving work, it's, I think sometimes it's easy to, to, to fall into a comfortable space of thinking that this is how it's supposed to be right. when it's not ultimately. For sure. you know what I mean? And I do and, feel lucky that, you know, things over the last couple of years have gone well. I do feel very lucky and we do work 
uh, very hard and we try to put out as much stuff and, as, and, and try to be as funny as possible. And uh, it is because we do feel lucky, right? Yeah. Like I do, even though that we've worked hard, I still feel lucky that things lined up the right way. I got the right opportunities. We made the most of them. So I feel like there is certainly a debt that I owe to the fan base that has mm -hmm. you know enjoyed all the stuff we do. And also just to, to, to the, to the world, to the universe, to God, to energy, to whatever it is that basically has allowed these things to line up the way that they have. I've and, seen, I've yeah. heard you speak on this uh, yeah. quite a few times. I'm sorry not to yeah. cut you off, but when you, when you get to talking about just your approach to life, yes. um, you're very vocal about just having a different point of view of yes. appreciation for what's here, for what we should be enjoying yes. versus what we're not, what, what, yes. you, what you feel like people uh, aren't taking advantage of and should you seem to be free spirited to a certain degree um, with the yeah, way you think where, where does that come from? Well, I think it comes from the idea that life is fleeting, that, you know, we're lucky. We're all just lucky to be on earth. And the reality is there's things that we can change and there are things that we can't change. But like, you know, I, I believe that I grew up uh, in an environment where I saw a lot of really, really talented people in do things for the sake of it. You know, my father was a musician who never succeeded commercially, but was a great musician and loved music. He mm -hmm. loved playing a guitar. He loved writing songs. He loved entertaining his friends and family. I knew a lot of people when I was a young person, I was an actor and I didn't succeed, but I knew a ton of actors that were like doing it for the sake of it. They loved being on stage, right? They loved being in that moment. They loved it. There's something beautiful about that and connecting to that. Not necessarily, right now we live in a world where people seem to be doing things for the response, which I understand, mm -hmm. but also make sure you're enjoying what you're doing mm. and trying to be in that moment and going, this is where I belong or this is not where I belong. Because I think there are a lot of people that just don't belong where they are. And they're going, they're going, they're trying to force something that isn't fitting. It might be a job, relationship, whatever, they're just unhappy. But like, I think that like, if you really try to think about like, am I doing, you know, what I'm meant to do? Or am I doing something that makes me happy? So I do, I do think that we don't spend nearly as much time trying to enjoy the lives we're living. Mm -hmm. I think we're trying to perfect them. And I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with that. But I think there's something that we've, we've gone in this direction where you feel like if you're having fun or you're enjoying your life, you're doing something wrong. Or that so, and I don't think that's the case. I think if you're bringing good energy and you're happy and silly and fun, that's actually a great place to be. And that helps other people. And that can be infectious. People can see, well, this guy's having a good time. They're laughing. They're having fun. Maybe I should try that. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Do you feel like you found that level of happiness? No. <laughs> no, no, absolutely that's not. A, that's a such hundred. a good, yeah. such a good beat. It's no, such a, absolutely. I mean, you just said it, you broke it down so beautiful about yeah. happiness, what it is. And oh no, I'm people- good at breaking it down, but achieving it's tough. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> I can break it down, and oh, I'll tell you how to do it. But it's—I mean—it's very difficult to do. Balance is tough. Why do you? Why do you feel? Why do you feel like you're struggling with that discovery? Well, you know, I think part of it is I have to just take a breath and go. I'm happy to be where I am, and I have to also just make sure that, like, I don't get caught up in, you know, the negativity of the world that we live in, whether that's the internet, whether it's the business we're in, whether it's what people say, whether it's what you say about yourself to yourself, like mm-hmm. there's such an endless loop. And I'm a dark comedian. I'm a cynical comic. I do dark comedy. I make fun of things that are by nature things that people don't usually, or they need to be made fun of because these are dark things. Right. And those are the things. So in that world, there is a lot of negativity, but I'm, my job is to try to make it, into funny and it's so that people can laugh at stuff. But then mm-hmm. sometimes you, you fail or you, you don't feel like you've done as good of a job. And I think there are a lot of those negative feedback loops that you can get in. Um, and you know, you just got to try to stay out of them. Right. I mean, that's yeah. When everyone has you know an opinion. I found, yeah. I found that like where I think some can run into problems with the idea of being happy is comparing it to what the idea of happy has been projected as right? right like like uh making your own definition and being fine with your position your place um in life is something that that you have to determine ultimately right and i think right. where the where the elevator goes up and down is when there's the comparison or the world of is there another level of right like it's when you right. it's like it's like constantly looking over the fence to see the other person's grass instead of enjoying yours, right? It's always looking to see what else is out there. And I had to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm cool. Like, I love love to work. I love my family. I love my friends. And granted, all of these things present peak hills and valleys at certain points of times, but that's that's the nature of life. So it's that never going to be perfect. It's never going to be a that's true. perfect picture. Ever. You do. You do also have the benefit though, of being the most successful person in the world. There is, <laughs> <laughs> there is no <laughs> one's grass. That is, <laughs> so that is a good, <laughs> that is a good vantage point. Like to be, to be in that position. No, but I, I hear you. I think that like, there's this idea of happy where people are smiling all the time and thrilled to be alive at every moment. And that's not what it is. I think what it is is like to me, and I think maybe Bill Hicks said this, he said like, like doing something you love and doing it well is happiness. Happiness. Like, yes. Right. Right. That's doing happiness. You love to make people laugh and you know, doing something we love and doing it well and being proud of it and being proud to show other people how much we care about it. That to me is the joy. Like, to me, having young comics, um, you know, say, "Hey, man, I really enjoyed this," or "My my family enjoyed it," or like, because I remember, you know, I remember when I was like starting out and stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people were very kind to me, 
And, mm-hmm. they, you know, they were very like, hey, this is, these are good rooms. These are the places you want to work. These are the thing, you know, they were, they, they, they kind of laid out the trajectory of a career. When I started in like 2010, late 2010, early 2011, they were like, this is how it works. And like, I feel like that's really cool. Cause it is a, it's a small group of people that do, that do this and, you know, to help people as much as you can, or, you know, that to me is, is really cool because I, I had a lot of great people help me and show me like, you know, how things work. Who are your go-tos? Like, who do you look at for inspiration uh, in the space of comedy? Well, there's, there's people that, you know, I grew up watching, right? And, you know, we grew up watching Eddie Murphy. We grew up watching George Carlin. We grew up watching, like, Bill Hicks. And then there are people that I found, and then I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, right? Whether it was Chris Farley or you know, anybody on that, that show in the era that I kind of was coming up. Um, but I also, you know, then there were comics I found later in life, right? People like Patrice O'Neill. You know, I remember yours. I remember seeing a set that you did. One of the craziest things I've ever seen was you and Cat Williams at the Laugh Factory mm. going back to back. Mm-hmm. One of the most mm-hmm. amazing comedic things anyone can ever watch mm-hmm. because he comes out and then you come out and the two different styles, but you both destroy the audience. And I remember seeing that and going, fuck this is hard. <laughs> That's t- I remember seeing that set of, of him and then you, and I don't know if it was chocolate Sunday. I don't know what show it was, but this was years ago. And it was like, chocolate Sunday. I know exactly what you're talking about. One of the most amazing things I've seen. There are moments like that. There are moments there are things you see where you go. This is a high, high level of artistry, of what these guys do, of how they do it, of not only their jokes, but the way they deal with an audience, how comfortable they are on stage. All that's, I'm still struggling to get there. I still look at that stuff and I go, that's the top of the mountain. And I'm still trying to get better at that. And thank God. And I hope that I always will. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's been watching everybody, you know, it's like everybody that I remember seeing some more at the DC improv. I was doing the little room. Samore was doing the big room, okay? And Samore was so kind and nice and sat me down and we talked about mm. it. And she talked about comedy and she talked about everything. And just watching her kill for that hour in the DC Improv, I was in that little lounge room they had and she had the big one. And I was like, okay, so that's the work it takes to get to the big room. Mm-hmm. Like I, looked, I looked at that and I was like, that's how good you have to be for an hour to get people to what, and everybody leaving all of her shows were like, she's always great. So I heard that and I was like, oh, so they're coming back and mm. back and back. So I, I started to understand this, not only from the perspective of, of a comic, but from the perspective of somebody who's like looking at the business side of it is like, okay, so you have to, you know, people have to be entertained. They really want to come back. And so it's just little moments like that in my career, remembering those things, you know, remembering seeing, like Maria Bamford, um, you know, at a, at a room in LA, I forget where it was. I think it might've been Largo. It's a small room and just seeing how creatively brilliant she was. And then seeing how she was able to just like use voices and characters and, and, and stories and weave them together. And I went, man, this is amazing. So it's just little moments like that. That you know, you, yeah. you say you're saying little moments, but, those are massive moments. Yeah, those are big moments, right? Those are those are those are massive yeah. moments. You know, it's the it's the things that stick out that 
that you stay true to when you're telling stories about your journey. It's the, it's the, it's the real, like, what the fuck, or, oh my God, those, those nuggets that are dropped. And, you know, you talking about the conversation with some more, that's just an example of the things that, that comics not only need, but that, that resonate with them. Right. You know what I mean? I I can, I can point to moments like that myself uh, early on in my career. um, Just remembering those that took the time to give me some type of information and, you know, in life, I think that's what we battle with. We battle with people um, being stingy with the information, being, being secretive and and acting like it's a, you know, a briefcase that has to be open with the code of life for, for a simple, a simple, no, you want to go here on Thursdays or go here on Wednesdays, like whatever those little things are. It's so big um in the world of the of the up-and-coming comic um as your journey grew you get to the space now of you know filming a special yeah uh, was that the goal was that you know was that the thing that you wanted to do or did that kind of just fall in place how did that come well about? it's something i wanted to do i've always wanted to do it and we did it we did it you know i've done little ones right so i did a half hour on comedy mm-hmm. central i did 15 minutes on netflix a few years ago and this you know came together as an hour that you know, it was a lot of kind of topical material about the pandemic and things. And then some also some personal material, but it came together. I had a great director, Ben Avery, who produces my podcast. He really stepped up to direct a special. Watching him grow is very good, too. Watching him, like, get new skills, learn how to edit these amazing things together, these longer form things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's great watching the people around you grow as well and get really good at stuff. This is something that I think is a blessing that people have that get to work with other people watching those other people step into uh, the ring and really deliver. And so it was, it was cool. It was, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad it's out. Um, And now it's just about making the next one better. You know, Ah, that's the real goal. All right. On to the next one. I love you. Making the next one better and learning lessons, go learning lessons, go. Yeah. I really like this one, but there are things I would have changed. And here's how I'm going to change my next one. And everybody really does like this one. The feedback's great. But, you know, in our own heads, it's always about like, okay, what would be the next evolution? You're never, you're never going to stop that, by the way. Like you're not like, by the way, what you're, what you're talking about is not learning something from the next one. You're talking about just constantly improving that your craft. That's right. right. Like you, yeah. if you were, if you were happy and content with version one, two or three, well, how the fuck do you get to five or six? Right. right. Like you don't, you don't, you don't get there if there's not a want uh, right. for progression. And that's not a struggle. That's a, that's a gift. Right. That's a gift, right. Tim. So don't, right. you know, I, right. I hope you don't look at these things as like, you know, things that you would get in your own head about like, fuck, I'm thinking about this already. Like, no, that's the gift. That's, right. that's you loving the craft. That's true. You, yeah. You have a special currently on the biggest platform in the world. And while it's on, you're talking about, okay, what am I going to take from this to make or improve on or, or, right. or amplify? That's, that's beautiful. Right. I love hearing you talk like right. that. Every, yeah. Everything that I'm hearing from you is, is all um it, it all seems to be motivated motivated you know what i mean it's all like yeah it's all about hey man i'm struggling with these things but i want to get better hey i don't do this well and i know it but i gotta like you you being aware and calling yourself out on shit uh that's half the battle right, right. it's it's when you're unaware or ignorant to the things that you don't do well that's yeah. when the problems present themselves. I mean, yes. That's the struggle for all of us. Every yeah, well, day. I, I want to thank my parents for always pointing out my flaws. Yeah. <laughs> Do you <laughs> come from a, a big family? Is it because I know you said it's your mom. Small. It's small. It's my mother and father and me. 
Okay. We're small. We all had a lot of time to focus on each other and what we weren't doing. Okay. And, how, um, how do they feel about your, about your career choice? They like it. You know, listen, I make fun of them a little bit. They understand it, you know, uh, but I, I think they're happy about it. You know, my father is always excited when somebody, he bumps into somebody that, you know, is a fan or likes what we do. Um, my, my mother likes it too. My mother wanted me to be an actor. <laughs> she, feels, she feels a little bit like stand up is, uh, you know, she, she like has this, this idea that I'll be, I'll be an actor one day, but they're both, they're both supportive and they're both, you know, they understand. My mother understands that, you know, my mother's wild too. You know, I remember when I didn't do like a, a homework assignment, you know, in sixth grade or something. And she, she said, she's like, just tell the teacher I died or something. And my grandmother, my grandmother goes, don't do that. I know all the teachers. I worked in the school for years. Like, don't say that, you know? So my mother's always had my back in a crazy way. You know, she's always been yeah, like, that's yeah, just tell my dad, just whatever. Just tell me that you bring it in tomorrow. So she's always had my back. So like, you know, at, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing. I think as you get older, your relationship with your parents changes a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny having, you know, my father call me and go like, wow, it's, it's really amazing to see some of the stuff you've done. And, and that makes me happy because they exposed me to a lot of stuff when I was growing up, took me to plays, took me, you know, played comedians for me. Every comedy movie that came out, we always saw, we liked funny, you know, we were crazy. Mm -hmm. The house was nuts. They were wild. They were always trying to figure out how to make more money or how to do this or how to do that. But they didn't, you know, they were funny people, but they also loved comedy. So I understood that as like an important part of life is like people that you would, you would go and you would laugh to make yourself feel better about the world. I, well, my parents made that a part of our life. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let me tell you something, man. I'm a, I'm a father of four. Yeah. Right? Um, and you are only child. Uh, you don't have any kids now. I'm going to tell you something as a parent. Seeing your kid yeah. grow up and be able to take care of themselves be able yeah. to provide for themselves roof over their head. Like I'm talking, be a full fledged adult. There is no better feeling for a parent. Like that's your, that's your hope. Right. Right now. Like I got, you know, my daughter's, she's a senior this year. Wow. This is college. Right. Like I'm like, right. fuck my, right. and I'm, I'm where I'm at. And I'm still like, man, I hope she, Please, God, just let my baby just figure it out to where yeah, right, she can right. do it on her own, right? right. And like that—that's what you want as a parent. So you know, uh, I know your parents are proud, but I like the fact that you're saying like it makes me happy to hear them say things, man. You just seem gotcha. like you have such a good foundation uh, up underneath you of understanding. I, I like just the way you you you're talking to me on this podcast uh i've heard you speak on things in the past and it's never it's never come it's never came off program it just seems like yeah uh, a guy that's just got a good heart man that speaks passionately about the things that you have a feeling on 
Um, yeah. Doesn't mean that everything you say is right. Doesn't mean everything no. you say is wrong. But right. you you fucking speak with a feeling on it. I've also heard you talk, uh, you know, in the space of like cancel culture and yes. uh, how it's presented itself. I've heard you speak passionately on that. Um, you know, when it comes to stand up comedy, of course, we've had our our bumps and bruises just as to you know the lens that's been sure. uh, put on us and and you yeah. know just making sure that as comics we become more aware of the times. I'm only bringing it yes. up because I've heard you speak about a passion. Yes. Um, how do you feel about, you know, uh, I guess you say the temperature today. It seems as if I think people are down, people are, people out. are, people are over it. Yeah. I think people are kind of, you know, listen, life is short. There are real problems. And one of the things that humor does is it allows people to escape and feel better for a mm-hmm. short period of time. That's what it's always been to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows people to just say, hey, let's take a look. You know, when we hyperanalyze and we look at every single word and we fo- we're getting away from the context of this thing that we do, which yeah. is to make people happy. Yeah. And I think that people, you know, I think a lot of this is like the result of like people are bored. People like to, you know, people tend to like to, you know, basically they see somebody doing well, they don't necessarily love that, you know? So they kind of go, what can I get this person on? What can I, what can I find? Uh, what bothers me? And to me, I'm like, I really just think like at the end of the day, none of that makes anybody's life better. What makes people's life better is helping them uh, being a good person. Uh, I don't care about, these rules that people institute and say, this is off limits or this is on, you know, this is okay. And this is not okay. I think that as comics, we, the audience will tell us, people will tell us how we do our jobs. We get, we get feedback all the time. um, And a lot of it. And so that's really where it's at. I think that people are getting a little tired of it and people go, listen, man, we just went through something crazy. This economy is a little weird. We don't know if it's going to get better or get worse. There's real people have real issues. And it's like, I mean, gas where I live in California, $6 and and food is crazy. And I know you live here too. It's like, there's a lot of things that people can focus on. The idea that a comedian said something you didn't like is probably very low on the list. And I, I, I just think it's low on the list. And I think people are now going like, listen, let's focus on trying to figure out how to get a little bit more money. Or like, let's figure out how to bring the prices of things down. Let's figure out how I can send my kids to college. Not let's focus on something a clown said that I may or may not like. Well, you gotta, you gotta also remember too. I mean, look, the world, the world uh, has tapped into an extremely negative space. Right. Um, we have been for quite some time, where negativity is what gets amplified. Right. Right. People bypass the world of positive and highlight the world of negative. And, you know, uh, I think it takes some time for people to understand, oh, yeah, all we got to do is ignore that shit. All you got to do is not pay that attention. Or, you know what, all I got to do is stay true to what I do. You know what I mean? Stay true to uh, the thing that I believe I do well and make sure that I'm handling and managing myself correctly. I think if I do that, things can fall in line. Um, The world of worry and care about the things you can't control is one that I've put, uh, I put behind me a long time ago. Right. I put that in the distant, a distant rear view mirror 
blind right. spot, whatever the fuck right. you want to call it. Right. right. I, um, and that's just a part of me growing up at the age 43. You start to realize, man, life is just too short. Right. It's too fucking short. Right. Uh, and then and then certain conversations, they just they really are. Um, they really are highlighted for me. Like this is one of just I'm talking to a guy that just seems to have a good outlook on life uh, himself understand the pros and cons attached to you around you and you know in living trying to do it to the best of your ability or becoming the best version of you dude that's that's what you should be doing that's yes. what everybody should worry about doing. if you have the chance to do that and you're you're lucky enough to do it and i feel lucky enough to do it yeah i mean i i just think that like that i understand negativity I get it, right? I was a drug addict for many years and I drank and I sobered up. I haven't I haven't touched a drink or a drug in 12 years. And I understand wow. negativity because that's what motivates you to use substances you shouldn't use, right? Mm -hmm. That's what motivates you to treat people the wrong way. And it's what motivates you to lie. So motivates you. Know you what? Yeah. I was going to ask you. I, I yeah. swear I was going to ask you for cuz yeah. I was like, you know, you you got to sometimes you got to be burned to have yes. this fucking thing like you that's remember right before like well when I, you talk about I, like the yeah when you was like yeah man i, I i'm just a procrastinator or something like that. i'm like yeah but right. you ain't been burnt bad yet right and then you kept talking i'm like your perspective is too yeah. fresh like no, something when people hear me talk they go this is a man who's been burned <laughs> yeah like so but i can hear as a yes. as a guy by the way yeah has been burned too i don't touch right. the fucking stove with yeah. my hands and my feet and my stomach <laughs> i've been burned several times so yeah yeah, your outlook just changes yeah. um, as you have. And sometimes, you know, hitting that low point, it's not a bad thing. Right. Uh, and and I can only assume, of course, with you being sober for now 12 years, that low point was was low. Uh, was the idea of comedy um, an, uh, uh, an inklet when the drugs were around or, or was that after? Because 12 years, 13 years, that's how long yeah. you've been doing it. Yeah, we when I stopped that, I think I got the courage to kind of just pursue what I wanted to do in life. Okay. And before that, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of this near-do-well guy who was trying to be a salesman and couldn't really sell because I'd never shut the fuck up. Okay. And sales is about not talking, but I always talked. Okay. Uh, Comedy is about talking, thank God. But sales is about listening, but I would never, <laughs> I'd never listen to anyone. Um, and I was not good at it. I wasn't good at it because I wasn't happy and I didn't want to do it. And then drinking a lot and using drugs was a way to like make all that okay in my head. And then eventually I got to a point where I said, I don't want to be a loser. I don't mm. want to be somebody with regrets. I don't want to be somebody who is dishonest. I don't want to be these things. And then there was a moment of them putting together a plan to figure out like, okay, what am I going to be and who do I want to be? And like comedy came into my life as I was getting sober. I think it helped me stay sober. It gave me uh, not solely because obviously that's a big trap too. So you want to have other things in your life too that keep mm -hmm. you up as well. But it was a big help to me in this business to be like completely sober, completely uh, free of, these negative things that can really destroy careers, resentments, anger, jealousy, anything that can creep in that I've seen in, infect people and it can infect you. And it, it, it's what addicts live off of. They live off of resentment and jealousy and bitterness and rage, right? This is what keeps a lot That's of addicts going. And I had to get rid of those things 
to just basically function in this environment. And I think those things are present, you know, even in people that aren't, wouldn't necessarily say they're addicts, they may not have problems with substances, but those are things that drive people. So if you're driven by bitterness or rage or, or things like that, eventually you, you run out and you're not going to do the kind of work you need to do. That's absolutely true. I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, dude, I love it. I love, I love yeah. your fucking, I love your mentality. Right. And I mean, uh, just from hearing you talk and, and, and having the opportunity to talk to you now, um, you know, just, it just raises the bar of uh, appreciation for you and what you do. What are, what are some of the other goals, right? You, you told me, yeah. okay, of course, there's been some specials, the smaller tiers, Netflix checks off a big one. Uh, the podcast has had amazing success. Um, but what else? What else does Tim want to do? I'd love to do a movie. We're, we're working on a book right now. I'm writing a book called The Boomer Guide. That. Yeah, I'm writing a book called By the, the way, what a fucking idea. Like you, I would fucking read it. Yeah. I already have a lot of questions. Yeah. And it's about my life and it's, it's called the boomer guide to parenting. It's about the way I grew up in the nineties and you know, the, the insane way that kids grew up in the nineties, but very, you know, when we look back at it now, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, parents are so involved right now in their kids' lives or the good ones are, but you know, back in the nineties, you know, it was a less is more attitude uh, for a lot of parents, you know, where they were just like, yeah, you know, good luck. And there was something about that that's maybe good. It's maybe good for kids to have some space to figure stuff out. Um, but yeah, we talk about all the kind of crazy stuff uh, that I went through and we're working on that. And we're really excited about that because it's very, we're trying to make it again, funny. I want people to read this and go, this is funny. These stories are funny. There's something in there I can use, but it's actually very funny and crazy. And then, um, you know, we're, 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 we're working. You know how it is. We're having meetings. We're doing this. We're doing that. I'm doing auditions, reading scripts and figuring stuff out and trying to, you know, and maybe one day we make a movie, maybe we do it on our own. Maybe somebody else does it, but like, you know, seeing what you've been able to do is crazy inspiring. And, you know, where you've covered all these different avenues, you know, and, and mm -hmm. you're able to do this and that and this and that. So I, I, I do think we're just learning how to do some more of this stuff is something that we're, we're really excited about. Dude, you should be. And, you know, you got to remember, man, content is king today. Right. Uh, developing IP, fresh ideas, um, you know, uh, grounded comedy specific or not, uh, it's needed. And when you have the eyeballs attached to your likeness, um, your talent, it's easier, you know, um, it's easier for you than most to get into some of these rooms to present, you know, the right, the right side of project, the right show, the right movie, the right, yeah. like, but it's about, you can't just develop just the one and, and that's what you're bringing in. Right? right. Like put yourself in a position where you sit down, get some creative wills going, put yourself around some other people that understand your level of funny, your humor, your want, and y'all bang out a couple of them. And, That's and right. you throw five things at the wall. Um, all five of them don't have to go, but fuck, what if two do, right? right. That's, that's my method. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm not just going to have one apple or orange in my bag because I don't know what kind of fruit you like. So right. I'm going to fucking try to get as much as I can, put it in the bag. So when I come to present, you're leaving with something. Right. You want to buy something out this bag. Yeah, for sure. A lot in here. That's that's my take on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. dude, I I I don't even want to. 
I don't even want to go further. Like I want to, yeah. I want to put yeah. us in a place to, to sure. basically, I feel like we checked on a lot of valuable, yeah. valuable yeah. boxes, man. And yeah. dude, I know, I know I started off by just telling you, Hey man, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a comics comic. And I mean, it when I say that, like when I, I appreciate say, it. Your, your name is, is really rumbling. Um, and people are really talking about you, talking about uh, your growth, your fan base, et cetera, man. You're doing all the right things. I would just say, don't change your perspective on life, man. Yeah. Uh, fix the little things that you know need to be fixed and keep on going, champ. Like, well, I, I can't I wait to see it. you do more. I appreciate Kevin. Uh, it means a lot to me for you to have me on, dude. Thank you. Hey, man, listen, this is Comedy Gold Mines. What we do here is special. We get inside the minds of amazing comedians. And oh, my God, what amazing minds they are. Today was no different. You heard the man. You heard him. I heard him, guys. Go support his specials on Netflix right now. Tim, uh, continue success, man. Good luck on the goddamn book. And I can't wait to watch your fucking movie. Speaking into existence. Stop talking Thank like it's not going to happen. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, champ. Take it easy. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.